Today's episode of The Beat is brought to you by Remarkably Remote, a new daily microcast from GoToMeeting all about making work from home work for you. With indispensable intel on how to stay sane, motivated, and productive at home, we're here to help you in this brave new remote working world. Add to your flash briefing on Alexa or subscribe on your favorite podcasting app. Welcome back to another episode of The Beat. I am yours truly, Nick Bummer, along with Brandon Quinn. Still in quarantine, of course, on week uh, 107, or whatever this is. That's right. That's right. It's actually, it's actually 2023. Week. Yeah, I mean, it, it could be. I wouldn't know. Uh, the difference, uh, we hope, of course, all of you out there are doing well and yes. safe. Uh, same goes to your families and all that sort of thing. Brandon, how are we doing? I see the uh, beard's coming in nicely. It is robust, doing? man. on the day. It's getting there. It's a, a lot of gray on the bottom. I'm I'm liking it. I'll be really curious. I'm not I'm not mm-hmm. taking it off until this is over. So yeah, yeah. This right is go, this is going to get real interesting. It's even worse up top. I'm wearing the hat just to contain what's what's happening up there. Yeah, that's what I was but, wondering. What, what um, the hair situation is. Yes, I, I've been asked a couple of times to cut it. That's not happening. So <laughs> you don't want to do the self cut? No. No, yeah. we're, we're going to ride this thing out, and uh, we're going to learn some things about myself here. That's what I'm trying to, that's what I'm going with. How are you doing, pal? You're going with, I'm, I'm hanging in. This is, uh, well, I, uh, the other day, I think it was like last week, uh, yeah, maybe like Wednesday or Thursday of last week, I got up and this felt, all this, you know, the sort of the processes we go through felt kind of normal uh, yeah. for the, maybe the first time, really normal, like too normal, and I got mad about it. <laughs> I remember being like, this is... This shouldn't we shouldn't be doing this to a point where we <laughs> this feels normal, but it is what it is. We have no choice. So. Yeah, um, yeah. You make the best of it, of course, as much as you can. But we do have the draft this week. Um, that's been uh, a distraction. We have the Mike like. Jordan. What are the ratings going to be on Thursday night? What were the ratings for the MJ thing? Did anybody see that? I have no idea. I'm sure they were. Yeah, I don't know. Shattering I mean, like, records left and right, though. I do know that um, you know the, the NFL went through that mock selection process you know, thing to test yeah. out all the equipment and it took all of about 30 seconds for some of these personnel people and GMs to start bitching to Adam Schefter on Twitter, uh, or I'm sorry, uh, via text for him to relay. Cause I mean, I think yeah. the thing started at like noon and it was like 1202 and they're like, Oh, we've already got a technical issue. It's like, well guys, come on. This, yeah. We're in the middle. I mean, so it's going to be really interesting how the draft goes. I mean, I think you could see somebody get frustrated and like maybe punch a computer screen or something, mm-hmm. <laughs> making a pick. I don't know, but it should be uh entertaining nonetheless did you watch the uh, jordan i did the, the funniest thing of the thing about the jordan thing that's kind of shook me and shown how ridiculous things have gotten is that people are covering and writing about and reacting to the jordan documentary as if that were a sporting event in and of itself <laughs> like as if it were happening all like, over e- yeah like espn is like now like actually just covering the 97 98 bulls <laughs> As if it's a thing that's happening right now. So we're all in this very strange alternate dimension. You know, people are like reacting in real time to watching like the 2008 Masters or whatever. And you're just like, what is what is happening? Time is truly a flat circle right now. We all just get to pick whatever era we live in. Um, yeah. yeah. I, I would. 
Matthew McConaughey did at a Q&A on The Athletic. Yeah, I don't know what's happening anymore. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know what's happening. So, uh, otherwise, things are good. Um, We'll see. You know, right now, Goff is on the calendar for June. Mm -hmm. June 8 in Fort Worth is potentially a sporting event live um, that I would potentially be at. But um, we'll see. Like, you know, I've had some conversations here at The Athletic, and I'm like, we should probably be ready because if that is actually a go, yeah. it's going to – it might be like the Super Bowl to people. The way I they, mean, I would it, have to watch it, it if it's on. And I don't like – you know, I don't watch golf. Right, so. right. So this will – and this will be a fitting podcast uh, for the times because there's really – we're not talking about anything specific. Right. Yeah. We're just bouncing around here. But we did think today, you know, maybe it would be a good time. I mean, I think both of us have tried the best we can, and that'll continue to not speculate about things that we don't know the answer to because yeah. we don't. Um, you know, I know when this whole thing started back in, you know, whatever date you want to pick, whenever you you personally were alerted to it or whatever. Mm-hmm. For us, it it you know got serious around the Big Ten tournament time, and when we really thought about it at the time, it was like, okay, well. You know, no one really is going to have an answer about what's going to happen over the next six to seven months. But knowing this business, everyone's going to, a lot of people, I should say, are going to spend six to seven months heavily speculating and guessing and asking people that aren't qualified to answer questions. So we've seen a lot of that. And we don't want to do that because that's not productive. And I think that ends up just, you know, causing more arguments sure. than it does anything else. But for the sake of, you know, the conversation about what what's happening here, and, and we've heard all the, convers- you know, the, the topics about, you know, these athletic directors, specifically for college sports, and for all the pro sports as well, golf, you know, all people in charge are having enough discussions to exhaust every contingency and every Mm -hmm. possibility and whatever that could be. Um, You know, the biggest question I think that hangs over, you know, the stuff that we cover is what what type of financial impact will happen with these athletic departments? Um, You know, what's already maybe happened uh, as, you know, the NCAA tournament just got canceled. I think we've gotten to a point where I just talked about earlier being things being normal it almost feels like now it it was just like whatever it was just a thing that happened I mean they canceled the tournament no big deal I mean that's a huge deal obviously Uh, and then if football of course gets delayed or shortened or you know or doesn't play at all you know what that would look like so you know those are things that we can probably discuss none of them are necessarily great uh, topics to discuss but I mean those are no I mean it's something because we we did that series of kind of interview shows where we really kind of stayed away from talking too much about you know the realities of all this shit but um, it it is something worth talking about before we get into uh, the questions that we got today but you know Athletic departments are, are undoubtedly taking a financial hit just based on what happened second semester of of this year. Um, you know the the big question that weighs is, you know, will students be on campus in yep. the fall? Because that will ultimately be the determining factor. You're, if schools are not having the students on campus and you know a basic un, acting through a normal academic calendar, we're not going to have sports. You're not going to have. I would think there won't be a football team playing when everyone is um, doing their classes uh, over Zoom sessions and things yeah. like that. That's just not from everything that I I'm been led to understand. That's not feasible. So you know, number one in the world of academia is whether students will be there, and if they're mm-hmm. students, then you can talk about sports. But we can't have one without the other. Um, you know, most. 
most institutions have already canceled both their first and second uh, summer sessions and moved them to all online. And, you know, what is the kind what deadline are we talking about for, you know, when schools actually have to determine whether they will have students, you know, in person in the fall? Yeah, I think the schools can do it, you know, in theory, uh, you know, right up until you can wait on that, you know all the way to through August, I would think. I mean, I don't think there, I mean, there's a lot of moving parts. You'd need some time, but I mean, if you're, if you're staying vigilant on that, I think you can, you know, make that call, you know, later in the process. But the thing with, with a foot, if we're talking just football, you know, cause that's the money driver and that's the big one mm-hmm. that everybody, you know, looks at in the fall, you know, those players, your student athletes, they would have to be on campus, you know, for that thing to start on September 1st or whatever date that it falls on this year, you know, they'd have to be on campus, um, I would say, I mean, I've heard people, you know, I've heard Brian Kelly, I think, pointed to, like, they need two months, they need six weeks, two months. I think you could do it in a shorter amount of time if you delayed the start a little bit. I mm-hmm. think you could do that. You could push the calendar back and say, okay, if we if we get these kids in here August, you know, first week of August, second or third week of August, and if you push the thing back and you give them five weeks to get their bodies ready and everything else, and on top of that, you'd also need... You know, those, those, I mean, those players would have to be tested heavily, right? They'd have to be monitored. They'd have sure. to maybe even be living in quarantine, mm-hmm. you know, with each other or, you know, whatever, separate from everybody else. Um, you're also talking about situations where, it, it, you know, we don't know whether or not, even if students are on campus, whether or not they'd let fans into the stadium, uh, all those type of things. So, I mean, most of the work that would need to be done on that would be how much time can you give, you know, a football team to get its body you know, right in preparation uh, to play an actual season, and then you know how much time do you need to get all of the necessary steps that would need to be put forward to you know test these people to make sure everyone's you know I don't know would it be you know hey these coaching staffs now these support staffs are you know how many people are in that would you limit those mm-hmm. numbers right I mean I don't know I mean it could still be a situation where we say like you're saying Brent I mean they bring kids back to campus all the students you know let's say they say everybody can come back but we're still limiting gatherings you know, of X right. number of people. Right. Yeah. Uh, which I, I would yeah, imagine I, will be the yeah. case. It's not just going to be, everyone's talking about the second wave and the fall and da, 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 and all this stuff. And you're just like, you know, I, I'm just kind of struck by the overwhelming feeling of like, whatever plan is put into place with the fall is going to inevitably encounter something that couldn't yeah. have been planned for. And right now, you know, you're trying to make plans for a scenario where you don't know what the hell you're even going to be dealing with. Right. So, you know, it's like you know, the day you and I were, were chatting online, I sent you the New York Times front page from like three months beforehand. And it was like, it like literally looked like a newspaper from a different planet at that, <laughs> at that point. It was only three months removed. Um, and it, me personally, and it's mm-hmm. like, I, I can't imagine anything that is truly feasible and you know able to be put into place that you you're not putting you're not setting yourself up to fail for lack of a better term yeah unless you just push everything to the second semester yeah you know and i know i know that's really hard for football but like on the basketball side of things like you can have a condensed schedule that starts on the second you know Mm -hmm. you just basically do away with non-conference play Everyone plays their league schedules because for hoops, number one, the most important thing, you have to play the NCAA tournament next year. Yes. You have to play the 2021 right. tournament. You can't go two years 
without that no. revenue. It will it will I think it's over. fundamentally threaten the entire structure of the NCAA if you're yeah. talking about that. Um so if it means everyone just plays their league slate, you build a bracket, you play the NCAA tournament and then you you know, you can go back to normal and everyone but as long as you just get through that, that's doable. Football, you know, I saw Stu's story yesterday where he's he's got charts of domes going all over and they're trying to figure out how to play, you know, in the dead ass of winter. Um a college football uh, schedule go outside and play. I mean, that would be my answer. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. I'm, yeah, I'm like, I don't think it needs. I don't think. Sorry, any it's cold, but yeah. you go do what you got to do, man. Yeah, I'm sorry. Go outside and play. That's how the game is supposed <laughs> to be played. I mean, like, but at the same time, though, it's like that's that is one thing that I've, I've thought about a lot is what happens if um, what if what happens if they all come back at once? Like, if we're Let's sitting go. here in January and they're like, all right. <laughs> Uh, NFL, NCAA football, college basketball, NBA, and it, we're, it's all happening right now. Like, I mean, that would be um, a chaotic mess, but I think for fans, it might be like the coolest thing they've ever seen. Be amazing. Like, was, like, if I were just a guy <laughs> that didn't work in this yeah. profession and I was like a regular person working another job, I mean, I'd probably come home from work and be like, well, this is amazing. I can watch like 14 <laughs> hours or whatever, you know, like right. there'd be a thousand right. things. I mean, that's right. very possible. That could absolutely happen. That could be something where they push everything back and say... True we're all TV and shit like that would be like, oh, let's make it rain. Yeah, <laughs> you'd, I mean, have it to, be... you'd have to put some interesting sports on some random-ass channels just to fit right. it all in. Um, yeah, it would be very interesting. But I mean, like... <laughs> you know, I don't know. And that's the, that's the one thing I think I, I would say above all else, though, is that nobody really knows what, yeah. what anything... I mean, for it's not impossible to say that, you know, these things couldn't start somewhat on schedule. It's not impossible. I don't know if I would call it likely at this time based right. on everything because we don't know. Um, you know, the idea of fan, you know, uh, football teams playing in the fall without fans in the stands, um, I think for some is probably jarring, but I think it's mm-hmm. probably something that people are getting more used to the idea of, you know, kind of conceiving in their mind. Um, and then even with that, I mean, it's like, you know, I don't know when, you know, even if they said, you know, hey, you can come back, you can be in the stands, you know, we're fine with that. I still don't know if that would, if people would be flooding back, right, right? You know, to fill a stadium unless you know they were able to get vaccinated or something like that. So, um, a lot up in the air. I don't know, I, but I think what we do know though is, you know, like you said earlier, Brendan, they have to play the tournament next year um, for this to have any kind of chance to continue forward. Right. You know, beyond that, at, at anything close to what it is now, and then of course football has to also be played. Um, you know, for the NCAA to continue at all with any, you know, right. its current structure, even close to it. Yeah, uh, I mean, you know, because you know, these teams here maybe wouldn't be as impacted as much. They would be impacted, uh, but you're looking at uh, a lot of schools that would be in serious trouble, um, big, big, big trouble. You yeah, know, I mean, there are well. actual schools in trouble. You know, we talk about outside yeah. of what we cover. Oh yeah, right? yeah, you know, yeah your Michigan, yeah. Michigan State. You know, your your small private schools, things like that. Um, they're looking. They are in survival mode as institutions, not mm-hmm. athletic departments. Um, yeah. You know, this is way bigger than um, does the does a basketball team get to play in front of people or not? Um, you know, just looking back home, you know, there's there's a lot of small, uh, you know, small private schools, small Catholic schools um, that don't have, you know, don't do football, don't do anything like that. Uh, that you know, you're you're worried about keeping the School yeah. itself, you know, if right. you're St. Joe's, LaSalle, you know, these places that I know, you know, intimately well, like, 
if this is the, how long this thing goes on, like really threatens the entire livelihood right. of the school. So, you know, there's a lot more in, in the, the college side of things than, than sports. Obviously, we don't want to uh, distract from that. But for the purposes of our conversation here, like, you know, if the NCAA tournament doesn't get played again next year, like, you're talking you're going to need like, government bailout money in a significant oh, way boy, to, to, keep, well. to keep the structure of college sports at play. And like yeah, right. I find value in college sports beyond yes. – uh, you know, the teams that I cover. I think it's important for schools to have athletics. I think it makes for a more well-rounded education. I think a lot of people learn a lot of good things. You're, you know, sports creates leaders and things like that. Like, you don't just do away with athletics. That's, like, that's part not of the thing. experience, yeah. too, of, yeah. of, of being, you know, big school, small school, whatever. You know, you went to a smaller school and you're you're passionate about that. There's people yeah. that go to a bigger school, they're passionate. I mean, that's part of the experience. And, yeah, if, if it doesn't exist, there's, there's some that make that argument. Like, you know, if it does... If it didn't exist, what would really change? But it's like, well, I mean, that's, but it does. It does exist, and it has mm-hmm. existed for a long time. And so, but I think the bottom line on all this is that, you know, there, all the people that have asked, and we get so many questions about it, there's not going to be anybody in a position of decision-making in any sporting sense, whether it be, you know, college football, college basketball, NHL, NBA. They're all going to do every single thing possible to have some semblance of, something to get through this and not lose everything right i mean that's uh, there's there's i think there's some people that have have come and and sort of been like well i mean they're just gonna throw their hands up there and not play right they're just gonna not do it i'm like well i mean they're gonna try i mean i think that's the thing Mm -hmm. uh to probably take away from this is that um there's no indication that 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 folks aren't going to do everything they can uh to try to make it happen but you know it's one of those things where it's literally beyond all everyone's control there no one can control any of this, this is this is right. just one of those things that just happens. So, and I, yeah. I feel like while while kind of the, the fringe gets the attention, right? Protesters mm-hmm. or whatever the hell sure. you want to talk about, I, I do feel like the general population, for lack of a better term, um, yeah. is kind of on board with like, look, I, we just got to get through this thing, and whatever yeah. sports looks like, all right, you know, we'll deal with it for now. Um, well, there'll be people who obviously react that this isn't what it's supposed to be or blah 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 and just you know bitch and moan for the sake of bitch and moaning uh yeah yeah, that's that will happen but um i feel like joe average you know fan it's kind of just let's let's try to move forward and get whatever we can at this point um i don't think public sentiment really weighs into it but i think it is worth noting that for the most part people i talk to and stuff like that it's everyone's kind of on the same page on this thing Oh yeah, I think so too. I, I you know, I get probably doesn't get talked people. about enough, by the way. Yeah, and and they're like, you know, <laughs> when do you think stuff will come back? And it, but it's never, you know, just I mean, casual conversations with people that I know yeah. outside of the job. Um, you know, and they're never, you know, my God, they need, what are they going to do? It's always like, well, I mean, you know, I mean, when we get through this pandemic, when are they going to bring sports back? Do you think, right? Right, right. When I when am I going to be able to watch a game again? Whatever. And I I do agree with you on that. I think that. The majority of people, you know, seem to understand what's going on. Um, people get frustrated. People take their frustrations out in different ways. Uh, I understand that. Um, but I do. I think most people get it. I think most people get the deal. It, it's not that complicated. It really isn't. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's mm-hmm. it's just one of those things that you have to get through. Um, and, and people are going to have to wait and see. And, you know, there's going to have to be a time where people make tough decisions. Uh, and I think most are trying to kick that can as far down as they can before, you know, having to make it, which is probably the move, right? I mean, that's all you can do. Right. So... Um, yeah, I don't know what else, uh, 
there is to touch on that one. We've got some questions, though. Yeah, let's get into week. the Q&A. If you want to get, get in. Get a little lighthearted. Yeah, yeah. Um, we'll start. Let's pull one of these out. Uh, there was one on recruiting stories that was really good. Uh, what's, okay. what's a recruiting story that you've been told uh, that you at least hope is true? Weirdest recruit. This is from JJ Hankey, who asked like 15 questions, so he'll probably be a repeat. Story what, that I at least hope is true. What is the weirdest recruiting story that you've been told to you that you do believe to be true? There it is. Uh, this can be from a coach or a recruit. While you're thinking, I can tell one. Oh, go ahead. I, I've been told one, and I, I, I believe it. I have never confirmed mm-hmm. it. I can ask Martelli and see if it's true. But I, I was once told <laughs> that when uh, Kyle Lowry visited St. Joe's back in the day. I think it was like he was already basically signed and sealed to Villanova. Uh, mm-hmm. Went through the whole visit to campus. And, like, I mean, Kyle Lowry was – he was big time, right? Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. And goes through the whole visit. And Martelli brings him into his office. And they sit down. And they're across from each other. And Martelli gives him the whole spiel for the 15th time, blah, blah, blah. And like, – I've been told that Kyle Lowry responded by saying, "Are we about done here, dog?" <laughs> that's how the that's how the visit ended. And, <laughs> and he soon thereafter uh, committed to Villanova. Uh, I, yeah, I'll have to double check with him one day on that, but I'm I'm pretty sure that that's tr- that's true. I I mean, like so much of them are, you know, a lot of them. Are true, I would say most of them, because a lot of them that I that I end up hearing, like for instance, like when we talk to uh, Terry Mills, sure, and you, and you remember all the thing, you know, it's like oh, we can get into some about, illicit stuff. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, the one about <laughs> my favorite from Terry, for instance, and I've heard these type of things before from back in the eighties and the nineties, and you could even hear it from like, you know, when Urban Meyer was really cooking at Florida and just mm-hmm. a psychopath about it, and was like, you know, calling, you know. That, you know, hundreds of people at all times in church and all that. Like, the one, the one Terry talks about how he had, um, he had some friends over. He had like guys from his team, high school team over, and they're watching. You know, back in the eighties, whatever it was, with uh, you know, it was like national TV games are few and far between. It's like one a week or whatever, right. and they're watching Michigan play somebody on national TV, and <laughs> yeah. the game ends, and he's like, "It wasn't, it wasn't two minutes that I'm getting a phone call at the house on the landline." From the locker room, from Freeder, walked up the court and called him. It was like, man, I mean, if you were on the team, we would have won, Terry. And they lost by like six or whatever. And he's like, you haven't even gotten to the locker room yet. He's not even, you know what I mean? Like, uh, Freeder recruiting stories are always, because um, he reminds me a lot of those, uh, you know, the guys that we hear about now that are just, they never stop recruiting, right? They're always mm-hmm. like, if, if he could put a tent in your yard and live in it, he would have. Yeah. And if you've ever talked to Bill Freeder, there's like a thousand of them. That are like he called me when I was at, you know, whatever. Or he's in he's in school when he's not supposed to be in school, or he's doing this when he's not supposed to be doing that. But he's doing it anyway. And he doesn't care, and we're gonna we're gonna figure it out. I don't know. I mean, there's a lot of them that are like that. And with on the football side of things, there's always, of course, a lot of them that are, uh, you know, how much money did so and so get offered? How much money did he right. turn down? How much whatever it is. So I don't know. I don't know if I can think of one off the top of my head specifically. They all sort of blend together. You know what I mean? Like my, my, so many of one of my favorite like moves would be the places that would like deck out entire hotels yeah. like in the recruits honor when they would show up to you know the lobby would be decorated for them and their room would be decorated for them and all like there's now and there's now rules mm-hmm. that's like you cannot basically 
take over a hotel and, you know, decorate the entire front entrance for a recruiting visit and stuff like that. Um, Just the extent that people go to. And then, you know, God knows what's waiting for that recruit in the room. Yikes. But uh, (laughs) (laughs) all kinds of stories. Yeah. I think, yeah, (laughs) most of the ones are the ones where it involves a coach that is like, all right, I'm just going to. I'm just going to turn into a lunatic with this one. Like, I need this guy. You know what I mean? Like, I need this guy. I don't care. I don't care what it looks like. I'm just going to stand outside in front of his house in the rain or the snow or whatever until he says, like, I'm going to do it. And my favorite thing about those stories is is how, for the kid, it always ends up being something. When you talk to a player, you know, 10 years removed or whatever, 15 years removed from the recruitment, they'll tell a story about... You know, yeah, I mean, I had like 17 of these. these dudes are like living in my front yard. I mean, and they tell yeah. it like it's not a big deal. And they're like, oh, yeah, it was just like, and you're like, no, it is a big, that's ridiculous, right? Where it's like you're getting phone calls at, you know, one in the morning on a, on a Tuesday night trying to go to school, all this sort of stuff. I mean, the fact that it all becomes so normalized, I guess, is probably the, the craziest part of it. it. I mean, it's, yeah, it's grown men doing things that they would never yeah. otherwise uh, do. Like uh, Brian Dutcher watched. Juwan Howard play 28 yeah. straight days or 20, 28 straight days during a 30 day open recruiting period. Yeah. Um, Which is just, what are we doing? <laughs> it's like, you're just, I'm just going to put you in a headlock until you say, you know, yes. I mean, those are the, yeah. Yeah. Those are the ones that are tough. And a lot of them are ones that it's like, well, they can't be repeated. If we're being honest, well, yeah. because I can't confirm them. <laughs> Most of the best recruiting stories are ones that we can't ever, because you can't, I mean, you'll never be able to confirm them. Right, and that's the one where it's yeah. like if you get them if confirmed, you, if you sure. float it, you better you better yeah right put better your name on it, you know. Uh, <laughs> all right, you got one ready? Uh, <clears throat> yeah. Let's see. We've got a few in here. Um, how about this one from Mgo Blurg? Best vacation you've ever been on? Mm-hmm. Uh, he's currently thinking about where he'd like to go when this is all over with. <laughs> or she? I don't know if Mgo Under- Blurg is a under- girl. Understandable. Yeah, um, very good question. See. <laughs> I'm not a like a big island vacation guy. The only mm-hmm. times I go to those places is when I'm covering basketball. I, yeah. I for some reason only take vacations to places where I'm still wearing a sweater. You know, <laughs> go to, you go, do that, don't I, you? I, That's right. Yeah, go, go to Maine and go Canada to, and shit. Yeah, Portland, <laughs> Portland, Maine. Portland, Maine's the shit. I highly recommend yeah. the food. It's unbelievable. Um, That's of course where we met. Uh, Travis James Humphrey, mm, yep. who who you hear on the top of every episode, he was playing in a a local bar uh, in mm-hmm. Portland, Maine, and uh, looked him up and co- made contact, and that's how that the opening theme came to be. Um, re- but it's beautiful, and you can drive an hour in any direction, and just it's amazing. Uh, I'm Ireland would probably be my my top mm. recommendation, um, and that kind of goes beyond the you know if you go, you can see some of the most beautiful stuff in the world from the Aran Islands, yeah. the Cliffs of Moor, uh, the Ring Kerry. Um, but like, you know, skip Dublin because it's, you know, going to places like Donegal, May, uh, Mayo, Dingle, Clifton, um, like the small town, Ireland, you know, mm-hmm. wear your sweater to the pub and go meet the locals. And yeah, it's right. just the best. It's the best. And then you go, you go town to town and you just see, um, you know, the greenest grass and, you know, it's just the most beautiful scenery that, that you can find and some good golf courses. And one day I'll be going back over and uh, looking forward to it. I've never been to uh, Glendalo. Is that what it's called? Oh, I've heard of that. Where the Wicklow Mountains are. Yeah. Um, so. 
Have to make I, a third trip sometime. The island <laughs> trips are cool. Well, they, I mean, if you're in your 20s, how about that? Or you're maybe early 30s. Um, if you go to a nice one and you spend... But, but that's the problem, though, because you can go cheap on those, you know, those inclusive uh, island the, resorts. It, yeah. Uh, you can go cheap on that and they're a disaster. Like, they're not great. <laughs> like, everything's a little weird and gross and it's not, you know what I mean? Like, it's not... But you can you can spend the money and, like, those uh-huh. can be amazing. If, if I didn't... The best place I've always wanted to go back to, and I never have, and I went there for work, um, and I'd like to someday, and it would be amazing, but it's so expensive, is Maui. I mean, Maui sure. is... Uh, I would like to go back there and not work. How about that? Like, I'd like to go back there, and I mean, those work trips are great, too, but, like, um, there's so much that I couldn't... I remember there was so much that I couldn't do, not because we didn't have downtime when I was there for the Maui, but, the, I mean, the fact that, like, the road... What is it? The road to Hana, the, mm-hmm. the, the thing that took, like four hours or whatever it is to yep. to make that drive. I mean, there were so many things on that island that, um, you know, beyond that Kapalua. the Lahaina area, yeah, that were just, <laughs> you, you just look at like a brochure in one of those like, you know, hotel lobbies or whatever. And there's so many things. Uh, that was a really cool place. That was, I, I don't think I've ever been anywhere quite like that. Um, yeah. There's nowhere else to compare it to in my mind. Like that's probably the nicest weather I've ever encountered in my life. Mm-hmm. Every day was exactly the same and it was like perfect. Um, you know, and the views are amazing. Everything else, water's great. I mean, everything there is awesome, except for the fact that it, you know a gallon of gas was like eight dollars and a cheeseburger was like twenty six bucks. Yeah. Other, yeah. That, other than that, uh, that's like the place. I mean, if I could afford two yes. weeks there, I don't think I'd ever come back. Yeah. Uh, the the bucket list is very long, but um, yeah. Right. Did I ever tell you the Japan Hondo would be th- awesome? Did I ever tell you the that? Hondo Maui story? No. Here we go. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. so, uh, that was as good a time as any. Yeah, we're we're in the uh, I guess it's the the press conference before leaving for last year's Maui trip, mm-hmm. right? And Hondo, who I think every listener here who knows who Hondo Carpenter is, it's yes. a unique guy. But Hondo comes over and is like, "You going to Maui? <laughs> you going to Maui?" I'm like, "Yeah, I'm going to Maui." He's like, "Oh, I could imagine it's a it's a dump." A dump, he says. What are you talking? It's like, ah, like, oh, there's just there's meth heads everywhere. Okay. <laughs> so I'm 90% sure that his only vision of uh, of Maui was from Dog the Bounty Hunter, would be my Yeah. <laughs> it was weird enough. We we uh, so we were talking in, uh, when Michigan State went to the Pinstripe Bowl, so we were in Manhattan. Yeah. So I was talking to Hondo in Manhattan, being like, are you doing okay here? Like, is this a- <laughs> And he's like, I love it. You know, I think he said he liked it. I can't remember yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly, but that was a, that was an interesting one as well. A lot of places though. There, there were. You know, do you follow David Gardner on Twitter? Ble- uh, yeah, Bleacher I think Report. So, yeah, or should he sent a I tweet? I uh, said it been like a couple weeks ago. I bookmarked it, but it's of a. Uh, he's like, hey, you know, I can't wait to get on a plane and go somewhere. Can everyone reply with just like the best picture? Oh, of I any place that, yeah. that you've been, and you go there. through that, man, you can put together a bucket list of where yeah. you want to yeah. go. Just these, like, like you know, Iceland and all these things where you're like, you know, that's when you go through something like this. That's when you realize, like, yeah, that was. Let's go do some shit and see some yeah. things, man. <laughs> you know? I saw that. That was one of those days where a bunch of people did that, and I, I think I, I don't think I did it. I just looked at my phone, and I one of the when I was looking back through one of the first things I saw was a picture I took from the from the roof uh, inside the Vatican. Uh, yeah. Which was crazy because you know they let us. When did you go roof. to the Vatican? Uh, when Michigan football went there for um, oh. <laughs> for uh, that trip. Okay. So we that went. Makes a, that makes a so, lot more sense. <laughs> so people don't remember this. Maybe they do. Probably they do. I guess. 
like they went to you know the Wednesday service mm-hmm. that the Pope had in uh, in the Vatican, and of course Harbaugh got to sit up front and all this you know all that stuff, whatever. But the players got to go, and they and they got pretty good seats. If I don't know if you've ever been inside, but you know that thing is huge. I mean, like that yes. that area right there um, in the con. What I don't know. I'm not a Catholic, so I, I really want to hear mispronouncing you, you use all these terms. So I don't know anything about it. But like you know, so we go in, and you know that was so you get to Italy that week, whatever it was. We knew they were going to the the Vatican on Wednesday. We had to. Michigan did not set this up for us. We had to go. Like myself, who was with us? It was my, me and Angelique and um, I think Jeff Seidel, a few other people. So we had to go to the Vatican on like an earlier day, get a press credential, this whole thing from the press office of the Vatican. When they have the service, we, we go up through these like 5,000-year-old stairs or whatever, which is wild, are you, up are, to the roof. Are you talking about, or were you still in the Basilica at this point? Yes. Sa- so yes. St. Peter's in, Basilica. In right, yeah. okay. And we're up on one of those like, uh, we're up on the roof of one of those like, I don't know what it's called. The things that are right next to the where he sits. You know what I mean? Like up, up top, so we can see. The view was amazing. Whatever. This is, ama- it was. This is an amazing story. Yeah, okay. I'm butchering through this whole thing, but it was awesome. I mean, and I am not. I'm not a you know Catholic. I'm not Catholic. I'm not really that religious either. But I mean, yeah. it was one of those. That was one where it was like. I think it. Was, I kept thinking to myself, "This is all going to be lost on me because this, this would be more sure. special for somebody who is you know who who means more to maybe." But I remember getting up there. You know, and seeing all that and being like, my God, this is crazy. I mean, it was yeah. not lost on me. And so that was one of those, yeah, where, where he put or somebody else put, you know, tweet a picture of a place you've been. And that was one of the first ones that came up on my phone. I was looking through it. And I was like, yeah, this, we got to get out of here. <laughs> we got to go, we got to go be able to do something at some point here. But uh, that'll be fun. Yeah, getting on a plane and just going somewhere, right? Yeah, we for can make sure. that trip to Chicago, 50 minutes, whatever. It's just get on the, get on. Did back. you guys get in the Sistine Chapel when you were there? With the, with the team? Um, the team did. We did not. Okay. Uh, I think that that was one where it was like they got, because the tours were tight. Um, I don't think I got into that one. That was one. No, I would have remembered that. We, I did not do that. Somebody else might have, or it might have been something where we got schedules. Because I don't right. know. That was, I think I worked more that week than I ever have in one week in my entire, <laughs> my entire life. That was a lot of stuff. But we did not go into that one, no. The team okay. did, though, yeah. Okay. I remember Maybe being so. there with uh, Tennessee. Basketball, mm, yeah, and uh, went on. You're not supposed to speak, yes, in the chapel, right? And right. Uh, we're all in there, and it was <laughs> watching 13 basketball players try to walk walk around this mm-hmm. place, just not speaking, was was pretty funny. And they were all, you know, taking it in. And it's, I mean, it's amazing whether you're into it or not. It's a yeah. just mind blowing experience to walk around in there. And uh, I'll never forget what player was it. Shit, let me pull up the roster so I don't mess this up. This would have been Tennessee basketball 2012. What, you like bag of chips in or something? No, 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 no. Was... <laughs> <laughs> Can't do it, that. It was uh, Yemi Macanjula, I think. Okay. Or no, Dwight Miller. It was Dwight Miller, who was a older guy on the. No, I think he wasn't older. Yeah, he was because he was. A, I think he was a JUCO. Um, but anyway, Dwight Miller, he just turns and he's just like. I th- if you're not supposed to create, if you're not supposed to replicate the image of God, then why can you put it on the walls of this church? And he just looked at me as if I had an answer, and I'm like, "Holy <laughs> shit!" <laughs> I'm like, uh... "Ask your coach, man." I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> just totally threw me for a loop. I'm like, "Let's let's have a conversation after when we're out of here because I, I need to crawl into your brain <laughs> right now and this. write a story." Yeah. That was an incredible question. Uh, so yeah, 
Uh, Let's have a conversation when we get out of here. I think we're going to get arrested if we, if we say one more thing. <laughs> okay. Uh, you got anything right. else? We're, next question. Next question. I love this one. Uh, best names to call a person for being, I think, an idiot. <laughs> or <laughs> best names to call someone who's being an idiot? Yeah, I, <laughs> I jotted that down. I forget exactly what the wording oh. was on it. What about Jabroni? Uh, Jabroni's a good. That's, that's a, a great one. one. That's a very good one. Very one good. Holds one. up in uh, in all settings, I think, for the most part, right? Uh, yes, it does. <laughs> <laughs> what kind of person? Yes, it does. Here, here's the actual question: What right. is your guy's favorite word to call someone an idiot? Jabroni's good. Jabroni's good. I like uh, brainless. Um, brainless. If, if you remember. Uh, uh, it's a Wonderful Life. You've seen yeah. It's a Wonderful Life, right? I know you don't have a... Mm-hmm. You're, you're not the biggest Christmas guy, but... No, I've seen it, yeah. Okay. Uh, Maybe not a thousand times, but I've seen it. Like some of us here. <laughs> yeah. When uh, when young uh, Jimmy Stewart, well, it's a kid playing him, but um, mm-hmm. but he goes into the, the, the malt shop, the pharmacy that he works in, and uh, he asks the, the girl... Would it have been Violet? No, it wouldn't have been Violet would have been Mary, I guess, if she wants a coconut on her ice cream. <laughs> she goes, oh, what the hell? She goes, I don't want, I don't want coconut. And he goes, say brainless. Do you know where coconuts come from? I don't, every time that scene comes up, I think it's the funniest goddamn That's thing. True. Say brainless. <laughs> That's one that needs to come back. The other one thing I like to call someone is for just a, being a, just a piece of shit is a, a cretin. That guy's just a cretin. That's really cuts deep. Really cuts deep. Uh, we got a few of those running around these days, don't we? One or two. A couple. We had a couple. We had a couple whiskey bourbon scotch questions. Uh, we'll just yep, condense into that. one. Your favorite whiskey bourbons or scotches? I'm not a big scotch guy. I tried for a long time to get into it. I'm just. It just never really took. Yeah. Did you? I'm, not to uh, get all, the uh, Jordan picture that I tweeted yesterday of the uh, cup, the glass. I'm sorry. Yes. The booze that he had. Yes. That was his tequila. I, I, I saw this. Yes. His own tequila that he like owns or whatever. Oh, he owns why, like, a batch. Why, and why wouldn't yeah. he? 1600 a glass. Holy shit. Yeah. I think that's what it said. I didn't What's read the, the name of it. I don't know. He owned it with, uh, I think, like Jerry Buss's daughter. I think it was was what I saw that he okay. owned it with. Uh, it was like a group of people, but it was his own. I mean, what it, the glass is sitting there on the table and it's com- it's filled to the top on like half of these scenes, and he's got the cigar there yeah. in that table. I mean, it's like this guy. I don't know. I'm, I'm on the Jordan tangent now, I guess. But like this guy. I mean, it's just like this. It, it, can he do anything that's not like the coolest thing ever? Can he do something that's no. like boring or normal or whatever? I mean, because he, he does it so accidentally all the time. It's just what he does. Crazy. Even now, it's like what is he? Fifty five. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. yeah. Crazy. I mean, just about. think about having like that logo <laughs> is so cool, and it's him. It's him. He is the logo. I mean, it just doesn't <sighs> get. It just yeah. there is no level beyond. Him in and terms of that, that just cool, yeah. in control, just just dominant. And the fact that we're still, I mean, this this documentary has been something people have been waiting for for a long time, I know. And um, it's cool that they were able to get it out, you know, during this time when people are stuck at home. But the thing that we've celebrated the most about it, it seems like, and we're on a tangent now, whatever, but yeah, that's is, all good. is the uh, quest 
to just get him to sit down and answer questions. Like, it, it has been viewed as what a job, and I forget the guy's name off the top of my head, the, um, the filmmaker who put this all together, the mm-hmm. guy who finally got it to work. Like, I thought about that. Like, what, what, a, what, what a task to get him to agree to end, because he just doesn't ever do it. Right. Ever. He never, ever, ever does this. Like, and that's the weird part, I guess, because it's like, well, now you got to, you got the interview. We'll see what happens when he actually talks. But I mean, like that's been the thing for me. It's like you're—he's sitting here talking about this stuff. We just never, right. ever, ever hear him say this stuff. But then you hear like, him talk, and he's yeah. a phenomenal. Like he's a great storyteller. Amazing. He's into it. It's it, there's a, there's a personality yeah. there. He's not just yeah. some you know empty box or anything like that. Uh, there's a yeah. lot to him. It's just a mat. The thing that just just killing you and I, and I'm sure millions of other people, is just like, all right, what's the real? Yeah, let's get down story. Let's get into the real <laughs> shit. Like what? What happened when he stepped away from yeah, that's basketball? All I know. That's we were talking all about that I want to know. Yeah. It's just, I, I if I like don't this, get... just the the, the, the storyline of just Jerry Krause just being an evil troll yeah. is not going to do it for me for no. this whole. Thing. We need we need to unearth some other. Uh, if I don't some get, other stuff, if I don't get fifteen <laughs> minutes of him answering honest questions about why he retired and all everything that went into that what was it 93 if so i don't get um, 15 minutes of an episode mm-hmm. of honest answers on all of that then i don't know but that's me i mean because mm-hmm. i watch a documentary like an asshole and i'm just like well i didn't i already knew that right. so whatever right <laughs> like a normal person's gonna enjoy all of this sure. i guess but that's part of it where i've looked at it i'm like i i'm gonna need to hear like right. a real discussion about why he Yeah, I mean, the first episode, the thing that got me through it was just watching all the clips. Yeah, I mean, it's, still it's just such a... Di- I mean, he just plays such a different brand of basketball. Just yeah. just what the stuff that he did was just... Even now, you just shake your head watching what, what he could do with the ball in his hands. It's just completely insane. Yeah, and, you, and you think about... And people <laughs> have these debates all the time about who the best or, you know, whatever, you know. And it's just... I always try to liken it to... There's only a handful of people in my life in sports that if they were playing in a game or an event that I'm turning the TV on for, no matter what. And Tiger Woods is one, and I don't like golf, as you know, but he is one. Uh, and Jordan is two, and I'm not sure if there's a third. You know what I mean? Like Probably I don't the, know if the early 90s Cowboys offensive lines. Yeah, I mean, no. <laughs> no, I mean, I can watch them on replay, but I mean, when they're on live, Bo Jackson... Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, right, mm-hmm. like a guy like that when you're a kid, but like Jordan, we you know we were kids and teenagers when he was doing his right. thing, and like I mean I was not a Bulls fan. I mean I grew up in near Detroit. I mean we were supposed to hate him, and I he was the first and probably only athlete. You know when I was a kid, I was probably six or seven when the Pistons, the Bad Boy Pistons were winning titles. So that was like the first team that I always I was say that I was that was my first sports memory was them. So we were taught right. you know you got to love these guys and you got to hate this asshole Michael Jordan. And you're like, all right, cool, yeah, sounds good. I'm seven or eight. I don't know any different. I hate Michael Jordan. He sucks. Right. But as time goes on, he was the only guy ever that, like, eventually you get to be, like, 11. And you're like, all right, Dad, look, sorry. But Michael Jordan is ridiculous. I can't <laughs> hate this guy. This is incredible. Right. And, he, you know, and he'd be like, yeah, you're probably right. Right? So, I mean, like, that's how good he was in my yeah. memory at the time. And you'd never seen anything like him before. And I don't think we've seen anything like him since. He's not, you know, Kobe Bryant and LeBron James are different right, players. Right, right. Yeah, know, you would get these, you know, like burst of talent or like guys that were kind of new and yeah you'd watch them but like to sustain like his whole career he was that way right like 
I'm trying to think of someone who just kind of was a rocket there for a while. Like when Randy Moss like, like kind of just yeah. don- like just took over the NFL, yeah, like, and people were just like, "You have to watch Randy Moss play anytime he's on." But like, okay, then they kind of just grew to be normal, and then you know a guy like Calvin Johnson comes around, and you're like, "Oh, look at this guy," you know. Yeah. But like, oh, just like for one dude mm-hmm. um, to just the beginning of his career to the very end to have that kind of magnetism to him. You're right. I mean, in our life lifetimes. There are and, not. <laughs> I mean, he was just. There are the, not the many because yeah. we never had a. You know, Tyson was just a little bit before us. Yeah, you know, like Mike Tyson had that out, that window yeah. of time. Um, but that. But he was just. I mean, and, and forgive the term, but I mean, he was a killer. Mm-hmm. I mean, and that's the thing that that I think about the most. And he was that way from the minute he started to the minute he stopped. Right. That was the that was the difference. I think with somebody like that is it didn't take him. You know, ten years. I mean, it did. It took him ten, you know, however long to win a title, but it didn't take him that long to get to that mentality. And that was the thing I think I always remember about him the most. That was a booze question, but yes, uh, got off. I will tell. So, my uh, I'm not a big Scotch guy. Uh, I drink mostly probably Irish whiskey and bourbon. Mm-hmm. So the Irish whiskey obviously is uh, Jameson. Uh, I, if I gave another recommendation outside of Jameson, I'd probably say Napogue. Um, that's actually spelled K-N-A-P. I think there's two P's. P-P. Oh, I think I've seen that before. P-P-O-G-U. Um, really good. Really, really good um, if you can find it. Uh, my st- staples for bourbons uh, would be your Four Roses, your Makers. Um, you know, w- what a world we live in. You know, I, I used to drink Bullet all the time love mm-hmm. bullet but apparently like the owner of bullet or something is one of these guys who's like not a good dude <laughs> like ostracized his daughter over like lbgtq stuff and i'm like i can't oh, keep track of shit anymore but i'm like bullet's bad now i guess okay <laughs> so, that's so yeah i guess that's out um the high-end stuff the, the high-end stuff like bookers is awesome um if you're willing to spend some coin uh, and then local, I would give a shout out to Fox River, which is brewed or uh, distilled, I should say, here in Ann Arbor, in my neighborhood. Yeah, actually, that's true. Uh, in my neighborhood. All their stuff is outstanding. So highest mm. recommendation there. You should check te- check out the tasting room when things get back to uh, to normal. But also grab a bottle for sure of anything. Yeah. Their rye whiskey, their bourbon, um, their gin. Are they still making it right now? Yeah, yeah. Applause. You can get stuff there. Um, they've actually been using the. Uh, <clears throat> the distillery for um making hand sanitizer hand and stuff sanitizer, yeah. yeah so yeah. Uh, they're still they're still in business and you can still get stuff um but i love it i love their their bourbon especially so check that out here's one from uh, david to me do you give do, do i give less of a shit about the big five or does brendan <laughs> give less of a shit about offensive line play it's an amazing question I will say this: You wrote that story about the Plestra uh, the other day. That was pretty. That was awesome. Uh, right. I probably am more interested in the idea of the Big Five mm-hmm. than I probably, um, you know, actually take the time to go and go back. But I mean, the the whole thing is just still so. It, it reminds me of yeah, like a city high school yeah rivalry almost. The whole thing. I mean, the fact that the court isn't long. I mean, that stuff's crazy. Right? <laughs> so a lot of that is. Uh, probably more interesting to me than uh, maybe people might think, but uh, I don't think Brandon gives a shit about offensive line. Play uh, <laughs> put it this way: I would say you don't care 
about any of the five schools in the Big Five. Well, if they win or lose, no, I care when the Eagles let Jason Peters walk. Right? It's a huge, huge hole on the end of the line there. Uh, (laughs) We need a left tackle. Yeah. Uh, So this is concerning to me. I'm aware of the situation, right? Um, But. So, I, I, yeah, I care about some offensive lines. I don't care about <laughs> offensive line play in general. It's not something I think about when I'm driving down the road like you. Right. Whereas I probably am just will be driving to a golf course or something and just casually start thinking about the big five because I'm a psychopath. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, yeah. It's, and uh, I think that the I, more— You have to put it this way. For people who don't get it, you have to think of it this way. It's 13 schools, or I'm sorry, it's five schools within a 13-mile radius yeah, of each other. All of them have been to the Final Four. Yeah, that's crazy. It's pretty crazy, right? The idea of the Palestra in general is is one of the cooler things that probably people, one of the more, you know, yeah. I don't know, everyone kind of knows what it is. If you follow college basketball, you know what it is. But, like, it's still this super unique thing to me that for people who grew up in Philly, it seems like it's just part of what you, you know, doesn't everybody have one of these? And no. I no, mean, like, they not did. at all, yeah. yeah. They did, you know, decades and decades ago. But the fact that it's held through all this time... Yep. Uh, and it's still, you know, it's not what it was, I'm sure, right? It's not what it was in the 80s or 90s or whatever, maybe. Well, the building itself is nicer. Right. But it had to. But the but the, yeah. the conglomeration, the big five, is Everyone not at it. all yeah. what it what it was. Um, yeah, the usage of the building is completely different. Um, it almost burnt down, too, in 2008. And a guy if, taking a shit in, a, in the, the concourse went walking by one of the tunnels and there was a fire. Because uh, they were painting and there were all these... Uh, buckets out i couldn't get the exact details of what yeah. happened to include in the story um because one guy was like you can't mention me on this but yeah yeah I, oh, I, I, partially my fault the building almost burnt down oh, um, <laughs> so, <laughs> there were like old rags out or something and yeah they caught fire in one of the tunnels to the court um somebody having a smoke in the, in the probably in definitely yeah. yeah right the place just smells like sweat and hot dogs you could have you yeah. could smoke a pack of cigarettes in there no one would smell it no, yeah, that's the <laughs> see, like that's the old like the stories I used to hear about um, Rupp Arena when I was down in Kentucky uh-huh. about what it was like back in the seventies and sixties and eighties with you know and even the nineties and two thousands. Just people would buy those tickets up in the top and they just sit up there and smoke cigarettes during a game, <laughs> and it'd be like whatever, it'd be like no big deal, you know. And this was like I was there in the two thousands, and people would be like, you know, this was relatively recent when this was happening. You're like, oh my god, like <laughs> this is still mm-hmm. a thing. So those mm-hmm. are. Crazy buildings, but no, yeah, I can't imagine you're watching a different sport and wondering when you see a guy with long arms whether or not he would fit as a right or a left tackle, probably. No, 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 no. <laughs> no. I'm going to get you to a game in the Palestra at some point. No, I need to do that. It is a thousand percent bucket list yeah, thing to do. Sure. And the, the concourse is all a museum, so you can look at the yeah, pictures right. of all the people who've played right. there, you know, and it's, it's crazy when you walk in, you're like... Uh, so LeBron, Kobe, and Wilt all played here. Played here, yeah. you know, as it's, high school kids. It's wild, yeah. I mean, Kobe Bryant, yeah, as a high schooler, right? I saw him play there as a high schooler. Yeah. I saw LeBron play there as a high schooler. <laughs> it was incredible. Played there as a high schooler, yeah. I didn't know that. They came in and played Strawberry Mansion with, uh, I guess that would have been. So who's the greatest high school player? Maurice ever seen, Maurice Rice, who ended up playing at GW, uh, his high school versus uh, wherever the hell LeBron went, whatever it was called. St. Vincent. St. Vincent, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, LeBron's team just destroyed them in the first half. Uh, and the second half was basically a game of one-on-one between Mo 
and LeBron. Like both teams would go four corners and let them <laughs> let them just play. It was incredible. <laughs> um, so yeah, I saw Kobe play there. I saw Dewan Wagner oh, play yeah. there back when uh, he scored like th- three thousand high school points, All something the just the completely like insane. Yeah, um, Rasheed Wallace played there. Mm. Um, yeah, man. I mean. Oscar Robertson played there. Bill mm-hmm. Bradley played there. Uh, I didn't see any of those games, but <laughs> yeah, it's it's really yeah. really neat. So I put it on the list for everyone. I'm hoping yeah, that's that on the list. I'm hoping if Martelli's here, that you can get Michigan. If there's ever if that's it's ever going to happen, like, now's the time. Up, let's right? let's go. Yeah, right. Play Penn State in there or something like that. I don't whatever. give a shit who they play. They yeah, can play right. Thomas Jefferson. Can play yeah, Her- or, or McGee's yeah, team. Yeah. Schools, right? Play St. Joe's. That's probably not going to happen. I, I don't. I don't <laughs> see that happening, Nick. Um, all right, here's one. Right, what do you got? Uh, this is also from JJ Hankey. Uh, worst owner in professional sports. Oh God. Uh, current or all time? Like Donald Sterling is probably the all time. Right? <laughs> that's uh, a that's a that's a big <laughs> one. That's he's on Mount Rushmore. Yeah, he would be. <laughs> he would be the leader of the evil Mount Rushmore. I would think. <laughs> Worst owners in sports. Um, I was thinking James Dolan. Um, you know that that actually did because I mean the first <laughs> thing that pops up is all the, locally everyone you know hates the Fords and for good reason you know I suppose over the years. But Dolan, yeah, I, when I was in New York, okay, for um, when was I last in New York? Uh, oh, Pinstripe Bowl, and right. I was taking a cab, you know, from wherever to the to the game, and I'm talking to the. To the Uber driver or Lyft driver, whatever he was, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and we're talking about the NBA and um, and the Nets. You know, Brooklyn signs Durant, Brooklyn signs Irving. You know, the Knicks continue to be, you know. And we're sitting there talking, and he's just like, and he's a Knicks fan, and he's like, you don't understand this, James. Don't it, it's horrible. He's like, <laughs> we have. He's like, how how over the years, all these years, we've heard uh, Madison Square Garden, Michael Jordan's favorite arena. Mm-hmm. Uh, LeBron James loves New York. Kevin Durant loves New York. All these people want to play in New York. All this, all that, and they go and play in Brooklyn. He's like, "What are we doing here? What is happening?" And I'm like, and he like opened my eyes on this ride. I'm like, "Yeah, man, this is a real problem." I'm like, "The Knicks have a serious yeah. issue, uh, and it never seems to go away." And when's the last time they won anything of note? Shit, is Mike on the? Mike's probably muted, just dying over here <laughs> on the uh, back end here. He's a Jets fan, but like. That's that's probably up. There. You have to go back to like Jeff. You have to go back to like Jeff Van Gundy, right? I I know, but they like they were at least like finishing second in the conference and shit. Like they won titles in like the seventies, you know. But like I don't even know if he was if he owned the team. Yeah, but like those Allen Houston, Patrick Ewing, right? Those problems. Those were those were one year we were leaving the draft. I went to the draft one year uh, when it was in Brooklyn. Like the first year it was in Brooklyn, and I'm I'm coming back at like three in the morning on the subway, and I stayed in Manhattan. And the Knicks drafted uh, right. Tim Hardaway that night, and there's all these Knicks fans on the train three in the morning. Oh, this is it right here, you know? And they're dying on this train. I'm like, oh yeah, and you forget. You're like, oh yeah, all these people that live here just love the Knicks, and they're terrible. Like they're always terrible. I'm like. I'm like, Tim Hardaway's a good player. I'm sitting mm-hmm. across from him, and they don't know me for whatever. I'm like, he's a good player. He'll be fine, but he's not going to save your franchise. I'm just sitting here in my mind like, uh, yeah, the Knicks are a good one. Uh, but like, but Dolan, 
Like, I think he, he he's one of these people, he, like, in, he inherited everything and has no humility, right? Like, I think his, <laughs> was his dad owned Cablevision or something, and, like, someone else in his family oh, owns God. another team. Like, he just came from this world, right, where it's just normal to own the Knicks, you know, which is insane. <laughs> um, and... He's got like a little Dave Brandon to him, right? Remember, remember he he uh, he God, responded yeah, to that yeah. one fan who like a seventy something year old fan who wrote a letter and was like, yep. "Go vote for the go root yep. for the Nets. We don't need you anymore." And I'm like, "Oh, I've seen that game play before." Um, he fired. Remember he fired Larry Brown after one year. Yeah, after spending yeah. like a decade saying and he wanted to with the coach. buyout and his one year salary, he paid him twenty five million dollars. For one year yeah, of coaching like, like, the Knicks. Um, like that Jerome James yeah. guy made like $207 million yeah. and never he ostracized Charles Oakley. Like the one dude who every Knicks fan is like, oh. even though we didn't win shit, we all like Charles Oakley. And he threw him out of the arena. <laughs> I don't know. That's a good one. I didn't even think about that, but it, that did cross my mind because it's like every time... I go to Manhattan. I'm I'm encountered by, or like I run into some Knicks fan or something that ends up saying, you know, and you're like, I don't even think about that. You know, I don't know why I don't think about it. Yeah, yeah, that's a. I would vote Jerry Jones until I heard Don Van Natta tell the story of how he actually got him to to, for that profile. Did you ever hear that? You know, Don Van Natta, the ESPN writer, who's one of the probably top ten sports writers in the country, is unbelievable. Mm -hmm. Um, But he wrote this brilliant profile on Jerry Jones. And if you search, oh, Jones. Yeah. anyone interested should do this. Search Don Van Natta, Jerry Jones on podcast and find the podcast where Don talks about writing the profile. I think he was on like the long form podcast or, or I don't know, oh. one of, one of the writing podcasts he was on. And he tells the story of basically like he'd been working on a profile and I think he just saw Jerry sitting alone in a hotel bar and just went up and sat next to him. And they ended up sitting there for like yeah. three hours and Jerry just pfft, told him the whole damn Don't thing. Worry. So, as the writer, I couldn't possibly put Jerry Jones on the list based on that yeah. story alone. <laughs> Jesus, yeah. The Ford, the Fords are like, I mean, they have to be considered, mm-hmm. right? I would think on that list just because they've won nothing and they've owned the team forever. Um, but it's, there's, it's weird because, like, I feel like they. I mean, at least when, uh, you know, I don't know what it is every single day, but it, it does seem like they want to be good. Like, they're, you know, they're not, they just don't, they just haven't mm-hmm. known what to do for so many years. But then you stop and think about it and you're like, well, do you want to be good or don't you? Because, like, if you really wanted to, you'd have figured it out by now. And I think we see that a lot with, with some of those franchises that are just perpetually like, what what is happening here? So I would think that, I would think uh, locally we might have somebody on that list. On the old Rushmore, sure, terrible owners, but uh, it seems well-meaning enough. But you know, tough to uh, tough to square some of that. Up. We Mark got one Snyder. From, uh, Mark Snyder in there. You want to read that one? What's invisible? It's a pretty good one. What's invisible? Yours. But you wish people yeah. could see um, a child's spirit. <laughs> <laughs> what do you got? <laughs> the thing I thought about was. In our own jobs, and it's not invisible, but there are times I wish that people could see sort of um, the process that we go through mm. after a game, 
you know, during some of these, you know, because we, I, I always think about, you know, and I don't care anymore, but, you know, back in the day, it used to be, when I was younger, I'd read all these, you know, a game would end and it would be whatever. And, well, you better go in there and ask this right now. I better hear it. And you're like, you don't know what the hell you're fucking talking about. Like, you don't know how this works, you know? Like, and that was the thing. Like, we're talking about the Jordan thing, right? Um, and you know how it's like, and we're joking, of course, like the yeah, right, documentary's right. going to be great, but like, you know, if I don't get the 15 minutes about, right. you know, the retirement, I'm going to be up, upset. But like, I thought about that right when that thing started, like for, for the guy who gets the interview with Jordan, it's like, okay, you got the interview <laughs> that took five years. Now, when you have to sit down with him, are you going to be mm-hmm. uh, puking in a bucket next to yourself or shitting yourself? Wondering, okay, when am I going to find time to ask this guy if uh, he's involved with the mob, and he, and that's why he retired, yeah. right? Like, I mean, you're just like these, these, these pressure questions and these types of things. So, I mean, that's one where it's like you wish sometimes. I mean, that's not a heavy answer, but that's for our own purposes here. That people would maybe see a little bit of uh, sort of how all those processes I, work. Uh, something so invisible that I wish people I would see is scary. I wish you could see a college player. Or a high school recruit reading their own mentions. Yeah, that's a good. Yeah, or or just in a locker room after yeah. a, I mean after a game, yeah. right? I mean that's yeah. that's hard. yeah. But the the reading their own mentions live to you or you know that sort of thing would be mm-hmm. one. Mm-hmm. Um, I, hell, I, I wish people know, could read just to see Nick's people. DMs. <laughs> <laughs> I don't use. I'm not. Uh, I'm not on Twitter as much well, these days. That's good for you. Um, <laughs> as much as I. I mean, obviously, I think that would be wise advice right. for most people. Uh, but you know, five, ten years, five, six years ago, that was all right. Been, from uh, Blake Ramirez, if you could 100%. Pr- I love this question. If you could 100% prove any conspiracy theory, what would it be, and what do you oh, think the consequences of that would be? Uh you know, I've, uh, there was a time where I, um, briefly, <laughs> that I read a lot about the, uh, oh, no. the moon landing. Oh, no. <laughs> those kept coming up. <laughs> that would be an interesting one. That always, like, fascinated me. And I, I've never really actually thought that that was, uh, a hoax. But, I mean, there's been so much done on it, right? Where you're like, what if, what if it was? What if they really... And what a job that would have been, right? What con job that would... I, I actually would have thought it would have been, like, the most impressive thing I've ever seen if you are able to pull that off. I love that you but went moon landing. I was... My, the first one that popped into my head was if I could prove that Kurt Schilling put ketchup on his sock, I would... I would invest a year of my life oh, into proving it. and sports. Okay. Mainly, I just can't stand Kurt Schilling. It would just be phenomenal. I mean, the one... The one locally would be Michigan wise would be if you could prove that the uh, oh that the yes, refs the, at the old the uh, Ohio, Ohio State born referees right. <laughs> I mean that week, the week after that, do you have any idea? You were talking about DMs. Do you have any idea how many times mm-hmm. people sent me that photo of uh, that ref smacking Mike Weber on the butt coming off the sideline? Like, <laughs> like I mean, I got that photo sent to me in a. Email or DM probably like 10 <laughs> times a day for like three weeks. I thought it was never going to end. I was like, are you guys going to be... I mean, I get it. I was like, guys, I get it. It was, a, it was a pretty poorly called football game. I think we can all objectively say that at this point. And there was no way they were going to do something that hurt Ohio State with one second left in double <laughs> overtime in Columbus. They were going to do whatever they had to do to survive and get the hell out of there. That's what happened. 
right? And that and everyone who was upset about it had a right to be upset about it. But it was one of those things where I kept getting these, like these long. Some people would send me these, like this is this guy's entire bio, like his whole life, like he went to Canton, whatever high school. Like <laughs> my God, and it would just be this long list of things, and you're like, boy, somebody could ever get one of those <laughs> those reps to say what really was going on in their mind. During those uh, moments, that'd be interesting. But, I mean, maybe that's a conspiracy. What about the Cal Ripken one? What Cal Ripken? That, uh... (laughs) I think this is is on the internet, so I can say whatever. Um, The... (laughs) There's the theory that during his game streak that he left his house... for For some reason, Kevin Costner was staying with him. And he left his house to go to a ball game and then had it returned because he forgot something. And Mrs. Ripken mm-hmm. and Kevin Costner were uh, were in the cornfield. You know what I'm talking about? So, uh, <laughs> yeah. Right. So apparently, Cal Ripken discovers this, is distraught, and has to call out for the game that yeah. night. And the owner of the Orioles the street. then. Pulled, yeah. basically, or basically killed the electricity going into Camden Yards, and they said it was a blackout, and that they had to cancel the game. <laughs> that kept uh, the streak alive. Streak alive. <laughs> That's a pretty good one. I don't think I've heard that. I just love. I don't think I've heard yeah, that at all. That I love that for some reason it hits Kevin Costner, who I don't know why, but that's. I mean, that was what in the '90s. Yeah, I mean, I could one thousand percent see uh, crazy owner doing that and yeah. you know this is all we have i mean we have this streak and that's the only reason anybody pays attention to us kill the power <laughs> just cut the lights why not <laughs> uh the other one would be um i mean it's a jordan one but that's because it's in my mind here would be the hangover or i'm sorry the flu game whether or not it was a hangover or actually the flu, yeah or yeah uh, well, there's the a lot game. of conspiracies with uh with old mike there's yeah. like nine million that's why he's the most fit i mean that's why you know, selfishly, I'd like that to be a yeah. ten-part episode of, uh, you know, yeah. That, I mean, that's why, like, that's that's one of the big this. things that like Tiger and Jordan have in common is that like there's all kind, there's a thousand yeah, conspiracy theories around Tiger supplements, right? Getting his blood mix. Mm. I don't know what the hell has been going. Like, there's there's a million stories. There are it. not, <laughs> and this is like no offense to anybody else. Um, because there's so many people that are great. But Wright Thompson wrote a feature on Michael Jordan and Tiger Woods in the last, mm-hmm. like, five to ten years. I'm not sure you're going to find two better features on individual people in sports over the last 20 years than those two stories right there. Short list. Because those are two of the most yeah. private people that are that big. You know what I mean? And they're just fascinating. Because we don't know anything about them. That's the that's the thing where mm-hmm. you're just like, we just have no idea. So any story could is conceivable yeah. in your mind. Like the like the story in in Ray Thompson the Tiger Woods story the profile that he did about Tiger running in military boots yeah know, trying yeah, to yeah, be a marine seal, or whatever yeah. it was or a Navy SEAL and you're reading this and you're like well, that sounds made up <laughs> and they're like well maybe and you're and, and it's true right so you're just like this is crazy I mean yeah all those are always always intense and the moon landing but uh, that's enough Alex <laughs> Alex Lasher asked what's your guys favorite Bell's beers um. I need to try the new Two Hearted. I'm not a big Two Hearted guy. I'm not uh, not excited to do that because I think that that might be a problem because the the actual 
two-hearted by itself. The whole thing not, is really, really good. Not, you don't like not, it? You're not a big two-hearted? You're not, really. not an IPA uh, guy, though, are you? No, I like Lager the Lakes, and I like Official. Um, those are good. Oh, yeah, kind of easy drinking beers, golf course beers. Um, I do like the Amber Ale, uh, if I want something a little darker. Um, I had that uh, that Black Note Stout when they had it out. That would have been a couple years ago. Yeah. Um, it was really good. I really liked that one. I like stouts. Um, and then they came out again with like a vanilla version, a vanilla dark note stout, something like that. I never, I don't think I ever had that. So, um, but yeah, Lager of the Lakes and Official would probably be my two go-tos. I'm, Bell's is a very much a summer beer for me, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I'm not a big Oberon person. Um, mm. It's fine once in a while, but I'm not, not a big... It's not my favorite. Um, but they have, yeah, they have just about everything. I don't know. Yeah. There's Who's the biggest asshole in traffic is one question that we have. What is the, the biggest pet peeve of that someone does in, in traffic? traffic? I got one for you. It's not necessarily in traffic, um, but it's when you're pulling into uh, Kroger, Meyer, Walmart, whatever your Publix, if you're listening to this down south. Whatever Acme, grocery store. If you're listening in Philly. And it's a tight parking yeah, lot, right? right? <laughs> Wawa, right? And you got the guy who's decided, for no reason at all, um, to park his car uh, on the curb <laughs> and uh, and wait. you know. And then there's a guy behind him doing the same thing and a guy in front of him doing the same thing. And you can't, you can't get around him. It's a fire lane. And you got people coming out and they're confused. And it's a parking lot, like, across the way. And it's like... You know, if you're able-bodied, you got to park the car, man. You can't be parking. You can't be just sitting in the front of the thing. Like, that's the one at this point that I've tried over the years to calm down in a lot of those situations. But, like, you pull into that one, I'm like, that's the one where I still want to get out of the car and lock on the window and be like, what are we doing here? Like, there, there's a spot right here across the thing. That one's the one for me. Not for people who need maybe to be there right. if you're unloading something. That's a very specific one. That's a good one. The first thing that came to my head was obviously the... That's going too one. slow in the passing lane. But more, even worse is the guy who, when everyone's just in traffic, right? Traffic is just going. Two lanes, one's going slightly faster than the other one. The guy who's in the passing yeah. lane who decides to try to move over, gun it, basically 100 yards to try to get in front of the one car that you're still going to basically <laughs> be going the same speed. You're making it one car length. Yeah. Um, I w- if you are that person, sir... I will box you in all day until you get home to your own goddamn driveway, okay? <laughs> what, what about the guy or gal who does the, uh, you're in a traffic jam, and there's like construction or something that's been down to two lanes, and there's the guy who wants to drive on the shoulder. <laughs> Have you ever been the guy who uh, pulls his car over to the shoulder and kind of like parks it there in the traffic jam no doubt. so somebody has to drive into the Absolutely. ditch? Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Every every every, every excursion, especially <laughs> considering the mood, is it's me versus you on the road. It turns it into a hyper competitive game of my, my anger versus your resiliency. Oh, <laughs> oh, God, my anger versus your resiliency. I do this exactly. all day. Uh, Do we have anything um, else, or is that it? Oh, okay. Nessie wants Nessie. to know. No, no. Sorry, go ahead. Nezzy wants to know, uh, can't miss bars on a Big Ten road trip. Oh. Bars you got to go to. I feel like we get this, and I always mean to like look them up and do some research. Yeah. Um, 
I mean, the slippery noodle in Indianapolis for any uh, Big Ten championship uh, festivities is that's the yeah. go-to if you want to you want to come up with a that's story a uh, or create a story, I should say. <laughs> that's the place to go at about one a.m. on a Big Ten championship or NCAA tournament one. weekend in Indianapolis. Something <laughs> something bad will happen. Um, <laughs> uh, varying, varying degrees. Varying degrees. Um, you got anything that's popping in the head? Uh, one in particular, man, I don't know. There's a lot. Um, like Madison's got so many of them right there in that, in that little district there that they've got. Um, Columbus has a ton that, I mean, I've been to several in both that are really cool. Um, Minneapolis, I mean, it's not, for me, it's never necessarily about one, um, I think it'd be the cities that we talk about a lot, like Columbus, Madison, Minneapolis, Iowa City. Um, a lot of times for Iowa, we stay in Coralville, which is outside of Iowa City. But if you ever actually stay in Iowa City, they've got a lot there. Um, Bloomington, Indiana has a lot of like college bars that people love. I've never been a big oh I've yeah, kind of freaking Kilroy's. Before, Jesus, uh, that place is just yeah. I always end up there, something. especially when uh, before Osterman had his kid. But, Jesus. Be there till God yeah. knows what. Ow. <laughs> That's one. Bloomington's got some cool ones for that. Uh, Brothers I mean, nowadays is a good one in Bloomington. Maybe isn't be it? a little tougher, but Brothers. Which one? Uh, well, there's the one in. Uh, no, that's you're no, thinking of Nine that's Brothers. That's, like, that's uh, where I go in West Lafayette. Lafayette. That's a good one. They usually have live Irish music. Yeah, I'm a fan that's of a that one. place. Usually, we'll try What's Nine Irish Brothers. Brothers? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Nine Brothers. Yeah, that's a good one. Um. Kilroy's, Kilroy's, like Kilroy's there. Nick's, Nick's yeah. Oh, whatever, Nick's is the one I'm thinking. That's what I'm yeah. thinking of. That's the one with that uh-huh. second floor, right? Yeah. yeah, I think so. That's one that uh, yeah, everyone's been the, That's the IU twice. Beats uh, place, for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, i trying to think of the rest here. But no, I haven't spent enough time in, in Nebraska. That would be one where I... Lincoln, I haven't spent so, any time in Lincoln, really. I mean, I've been to Lincoln, of course. Yeah, Lincoln. Not enough time. Because I think that's a cool they town. they got that little Haymarket District, which is down by Pinnacle Bank Arena. Yeah. Um, there's a couple hotels that mm-hmm. are right there. So that's where we usually stay. And there's just, like, restaurants. There's, like, a good – there's actually a pretty good sushi place connected to the uh, courtyard that's down there now. Um, but then there's there's some place – I don't know. Me, Graham, and Matt ended up at some place. Uh, it was like a downstairs mm-hmm. bar. It was a shithole. <laughs> by, right uh, by Pinnacle by Bank. Pinnacle Bank, yeah. That, uh, oof. That <laughs> <laughs> was bad news. I would I would put Nebraska on the list of places Very much so. see, though. Um, it's a really cool, it's not a traditional, obviously, Big Ten, uh, whatever, but, like, the next time, like, Michigan or Michigan State or whatever plays a football game there, I would... If you're if you're trying to pick one game to go to um, that you haven't been to before mm-hmm. or whatever, that's I haven't been to their new basketball. Arena. I'd love to see it. Uh, I've been to the old one. The new one I see on TV. It looks amazing. Um, but the football and it's low key right? convenient because you don't have to fly into Lincoln. You can fly into Omaha, which is only an hour away. Also, Omaha, a really yeah. cool town. Yep. Some cool restaurants. A lot of hotels. Um, yeah, no, you can Omaha's fly great. in there, drive Omaha. an hour, get to Lincoln, see the game there, and make yeah. it back. Um, yeah, and the airport's navigating yeah. it's small over there in, in Omaha. It's navigatable and all that. But yeah, you know, Nebraska's a cool trip. That's a that's a cool place. Um, yeah, that stadium is really neat. Um, you know, it's a sellout every game or whatever. 
you know, they do all, everyone's in red. I think they release balloons like at the mm-hmm. at the kickoff or whatever. I think they do that. Uh, it's just a really cool thing. It's a it's a stadium and a, obviously a program's got a ton of tradition and right. they've got a really cool cool museum in there. I love those. Part of the problem with like asking us that question is like if Nick and I are on the road, we're far more inclined to try to find uh, the non the, the non Irish yeah, or the non student yeah, right. bar. Like I'm going to try to find the place where like where are the oldest people at in this town. I'm gonna go drink there. Yeah, right. <laughs> I, I, the, the days of stepping remember, in vomit. Most of the time, is if we're at, over. Yeah, <laughs> if we're at one, if we're at a place like if we're at a bar on one of those trips, it's several hours after you you all have gotten right. there and destroyed it. The idea of walking <laughs> into the bar at one a.m. where there's just corpses on the floor yeah. and it's like that part of town right. where there's just like trash and. Mike Mulholland and I did last call at a bar in Tulsa on St. Patrick's Day, and I've never. It was the, like the most. What is happening right now? <laughs> like, that, was, that was one of the worst. But we, we had that uh, in Chicago one out. year after the Big Ten tournament. Yeah, and well, literally stepped over a body, like just right over. Yeah, a person yeah. Who I assumed was okay, <laughs> and just right into a place. I put. Was, I was at the you MSU beat for that. Yeah, yeah right. and. Uh, I think I put put the pogues on the uh, jukebox for the last hour of the evening, and the bartender just looked at me and was like, "Do you really just get out of here, man? Like, do you yeah, think right. any of us need to listen to any more goddamn pogues today?" And I'm like, "Nope, but I'm having all of my St. Patrick's Day in the next hour." Yeah, it is 1:43, ma'am. So unless you're gonna kick me out, this is oh shit. All right, anything else, or are we good? Okay. I think that might be it. I think that's it. No, I think we're good. All right. We can roll it There's on. There's good. Some guy named we Bradley got, uh, asked, Hillary Clinton, Whoopi Goldberg, and Betty come. White. Pick one to... Oh. Yikes. Oh, God. We're not going there, you psychopath. <laughs> good Lord. It. It's we're a family show. Out. All right. Why don't you walk <laughs> us out of here, and then I'll close it. <laughs> uh, yeah, so thanks again to everybody who's listening. I, we got a lot of good feedback on... Um, some of the interviews we did um, with the basketball guys there during uh, tournament time. I'm sure we've, we can um, come up with some cool stuff going forward. One thing I do want to try while we're in this uh, stretch here is for Brennan and I to rewatch a game together. One maybe that we covered, um, you know, without mm-hmm. a player necessarily that was in it. So maybe one that we can do, you know, from our perspective. I don't know what one that would be, uh, but if anyone has suggestions on that, um, always – Feel free to drop those or any other ideas. We've got, uh, as all of you, we've got nothing but time here, sort of, on some of this stuff. So, um, yeah, we can do whatever. So uh, those are those are interesting. And then, of course, also for um, uh, for those of you who listen to the RPM podcast with Austin and Meek and I, any ideas on that too? Um, maybe we any interview request else. we can try. Anyway, you know, obviously, yeah. if you throw us a name that you'd mm-hmm. love to hear us have on the show um, within reason, like yeah. Don't be like, oh, I have Juwan Howard on. Like, that's probably not going to happen. Um, but, yeah. you know, if you can think of someone really interesting right. that we might not have considered, uh, throw us a recommendation. We'll, we can try, right? That's that's what we can promise you. Yeah. Uh, all right. That's it. All right. Well, folks, uh, Take us out. we appreciate yes. you listening. Be sure uh, to support those local restaurants out there. Uh, maybe tonight is the night this week that you, uh, you order local. Find a place. Um, non-chain uh, get yourself a little takeout dinner for you, the family 
and uh, make sure we're all trying to keep each other in business here. So uh, can't support those bartenders and servers in person, but uh, do it do it the best way we can right now. So uh, that's it. Thanks for listening. Be safe. I've seen hard times all my days. I've 